Welcome to the podcast of Tony Mayo, the business owner's executive coach. This podcast is the audio from our free weekly webinar, Tuesdays with Tony at 12. You can see the video, download the slides and other materials at tiny.cc slash TWTony. That's T-I-N-Y dot C-C slash T-W-T-O-N-Y, all lowercase. All right. First thing I want to say, besides the fact that it is May 29th, which helps me sort out the many files it takes to organize this, is that uh, by the end of the day, I will have the archive up to date. So that if you go to TonyMayo.com slash Tuesdays, uh, you'll see uh, videos and PDFs and links to other articles for the previous uh, webinars that we've done. So you can get up to date. Uh, but the thing about it is you don't have to start at the beginning because there is no beginning with executive coaching. Every time I think of a topic that I'm interested in covering here on the webinar, I think, well, to do that one, that leads us naturally to this one. And well, to set up this one, I could do that one and it just keeps going out in this, uh, this tree. In fact, uh, it's a common thing to say around coaching, particularly the sort of executive coaching I do, which is ontological coaching, O-N-T-O-L-O-G-I-C-A-L, ontological coaching, uh, is that it's holographic. And that like a hologram, any piece of it has information about the whole image. But the smaller the piece, uh, the less detailed information you have about the rest of it. So while each distinction or concept that I bring forward can illuminate and, and lead us to the kinds of results that the other aspects of ontological executive coaching can get to you. Uh, the more of these little fragments we accumulate, the clearer the picture we get of what's possible and what tools can be used. So if this doesn't seem linear, that's because it's not. It's a, it's a very nonlinear way of uh, approaching the world. Uh, it's not a five-step process. It's an infinite step process. And the good news is whatever step you start with, you can make some significant progress. So I got to check in quickly. I see nods. So mm -hmm. I guess I'm not completely being baffling on that regard. <laughs> so to go on with the sort of counterintuitive, uh, borderline baffling uh, approach to this is today's topic, breakdown to breakthrough. Now, generally, breakdown is not something that we are looking forward to, particularly if we're in the car trying to get at a particular place mm -hmm. at a particular time. So let me stop the sharing for a moment. Can I do that? This, I have all sorts of efforts. Let's change the share, alternate the share, new share, stop share. There's a big red button. Okay, I'll learn that one eventually. <sighs> all right. So to talk about a breakdown, I'm going to back up a little bit or amplify a bit, put another piece of the hologram in there and talk about uh, what I mean when I say uh, a breakdown is something you declare. One of the key insights in uh, 20th century philosophy that introduced a whole uh, sort of postmodern way of looking at things, this new set of tools, was to realize that up until the early 1900s, people regarded language, particularly professionals like uh, philosophers and mathematicians, they thought that language was descriptive, that it was a way of accumulating, sharing, saving descriptions of the way the world is. Uh, 
But what we began to notice is there are certain kinds of language that are not describing the way the world is, but they're causing the world to be a particular way, that words actually change the world. Uh, and one of the key ways to do this is with a declaration. There are some things that when we declare them, the future is now different. Uh, the big dramatic example of this from history is the Declaration of Independence, where a group of people just declared that these colonies were now independent of the crown. Was there any reality behind that when they said it? No. But the moment it was published as the Declaration of Independence, things happened. It's pretty significant things, even grave things. As when it came time for everyone to sign it, uh, Ben Franklin uh, was said to observe that this is an opportunity for us all to hang together, but we will surely hang separately. So that's where a declaration changes the world. Suddenly they, are, they were fugitives and rebels and people engaged in a, a violent change, not just, just talking. I hate the expression, just talking, because talking makes so much of a difference. And one that many more of us are firsthand familiar with is that powerful phrase that put many of us into a very new world in an instant, which is, I now declare you husband and wife. And that's so powerful that we have changed that language over time. It used to be, I now declare you man and wife, as though the males hadn't changed at all, but now this female was suddenly a wife. So they, we recognize the power of declaration, and then we forget. And that's true of a lot of these executive coaching distinctions. We invent things, things that exist just because we're speaking a certain way, and then we forget they exist because we're speaking a certain way. So much of our life exists as declaration. Uh, as the philosopher John Searle at Berkeley likes to say, vacations, jobs, cocktail parties, presidents, all these things exist in declaration. But you may be noticing as I'm giving these examples, one person declaring it, uh, shouting down a well, doesn't matter a great deal. What's much more powerful is a declaration that is repeated by, and another term of art in executive coaching, honored by other people. So just as if we don't honor our declarations, that is take actions in accordance with them as though they were determining the world we lived in. And if other people are not encouraged, enrolled, excited about behaving as though those declarations are something real, it doesn't have much impact. But gosh, when you get a lot of other people aligning with, acting consistent with the, declaration, the declarations you make, you get to create a world the way people like Steve Jobs did when they declare that a computer is to be used a certain way, that a phone means something else. Uh, when Martin Luther King declares that he has a dream, and that there's a possibility that if we start acting in a certain way, we will live in a different world. These are all declarations. So far, so good, Jane? Yeah, so far, so good. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are these concepts you've heard before familiar with? No, actually, but not as declarations. Like, I like how you, you've been able, I see it now, like I see it, a lot, and I'm, as you're speaking and telling me about it, I'm starting to see little things that I've done that mm -hmm. people have followed along. I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. No, anyway, I'm just taking yeah. it all in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As, so things like I, I now uh, created a business. 
uh, a business exists in, in declaration that people have declared and a lot of folks have agreed to operate around these invented artificial declared realities in certain ways. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of backup to the idea that if a business cannot repay a debt, it's only on the business. No one else involved with the business is on the hook for that. Uh, that makes a lot of things possible, some some positive and some some less positive. But that, that's a whole nother book, which you're, you're yeah. crimes <laughs> of money. It's available where, wherever books are sold. I mean, I encourage you to run out and investigate that, uh, even if it is seem to be printed backwards. Your copy will be printed left to right. Oh, no, it's forward. It's forward. It is? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been driving me nuts. I keep adjusting my tie in the wrong direction. Oh, no. No, it's, it's, it's doing it. <laughs> well, good. Well, that's because you're sitting on the other side of my mirror, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the concept, the uh, coaching distinction of declaration. So breakdown is something that exists by declaration. It's when you declare that something is broken down, that it has broken down. And I'm also talking about a particular kind of breakdown today. Now, it's not just when a, a car breaks down, although that can be a breakdown. It's not just when an illness interferes with uh, our healthy behaviors, although that can be declared a breakdown. The idea is, is this, is most of the time we are operating on assumptions about how the world will respond to us. And as long as the world is responding to us in the expected ways, there is a great deal of information, a great deal about the world that just resides, recedes to invisibility. For instance, if I decide right now I wanted to take a note, well, you know, I, I grab my paper, I'd grab my pen, and I'd start writing. But all I'm doing is I'm going to take a note. And if, if I start getting lines on paper, it works. But if suddenly it start, starts to skip, what's the thing you automatically do? You go, oh, what is it about this pen? Now, suddenly we're not in the world of writing. We're in the world of pens and pen tips and ink. And is the spring right in? Well, that seems to work okay. Maybe there's something about the paper. There could be some a contamination. It might be too waxy. You see, this uh, assumption that if I pick this up with my hand and press it this in a certain way that I'll get a particular result, that has broken down. This little agreement that I have with the world that pens make marks breaks. Now I'm looking through that the invisibility of pens has broken down, and now I'm in the world of pens. And if the pen world breaks down, I may be into ink, and you know, I, I can open it up, take it apart, so on. Heat it with a match, rub it on something else, all these things we do once it's broken down that we would, don't even consider doing. It's not part of our world otherwise. Uh, and by declaring a breakdown, you, instead of just dealing with something's wrong, or uh, frustration, we can deal with the thing that is behind what we assumed would work. Now with pens, pretty simple example. A Little bit more complicated, I get in my car, I want to go to such and such a place. I'm just going out there and driving. And most of the time, that is so invisible to us that sometimes you may have had the experience, I don't think I'm the only one, where you arrive somewhere and realize you have no idea what happened in the last 20 minutes. Just got there because everything worked. Everything was normal. But if I jump in the car, 
go for two or three minutes and things start to go like this. And then suddenly uh, it stalls and I start it and I start going again. Well, then I start thinking, well, what's wrong? Do I have gas? I'm checking the fuel. I wasn't in a world of fuel before. One day this happened to me. I got a particular reaction from the car. And my thought was, I have a bad water pump. And my next thought was, how does Tony Mayo know this? Tony Mayo is not a car guy. I, I say, most of what I know about cars is what you can see from the driver's seat. Can't see it from there. I don't know. But I had that thought. I drove to the nearby service station. I said, I think I have a bad water pump. He opened the hood. And as some of you may know, reached in, grabbed the fan and shook it. I said, yep, your water pump's bad. How did I know those symptoms were bad water pump? Because my car had broken down that way before. In fact, everything I know about the different squeaks that, we, that uh, brakes can make, uh, the way tires can look, the way uh, batteries respond when I turn the key, all of that knowledge came from breakdowns, came from times the car did not do what it wanted, I wanted it to do. So I had to break through the invisibility, investigate a little bit. So I, had, I got a bigger toolkit of dealing with cars. Think about the diseases and uh, maladies that you're familiar with. Aren't they all because you or someone close to you had that disease or malady? And yet we regard every time something goes wrong with our pen or our car or our health as a problem that should not be. And that leads to suffering as we've talked before. That thought it shouldn't be this way. But if we instead think of it as, this is different. I'm going to learn something now. The invisibility of how bodies work, of how cars operate, of what makes a pen useful has just broken down for me. And I can leave it, I can pull the covers back over it, let it stay invisible, or I can do some investigating and increase my facility with that domain. That's where breakthroughs happen. That's how you know whether the light coming on in your car means you should cancel your trip and go to the uh, repair facility or that can wait. I can drive 100 miles or 1,000 miles or 10 miles with that particular symptom. And we can do that with people too, with our personal relationships. We all had the experience, I don't have to guess on this one, where we say something to someone and we get a response that makes us go, what? <laughs> that's, that's not what I expected. And if we immediately go to, there's something wrong, it shouldn't be this way. Well, my favorite choice is there's something wrong with them. <laughs> uh, if I'm being a little more charitable, a little bit uh, more tired, weak, wounded, I think there must be something wrong with me. But there's that third possibility other than wrong with them, wrong with me. And that is, this is something new. This is a place where the invisibility of my relationship with this person just broke down. And if I investigate it, if I move towards it, I could learn something. I could increase my facility in that domain of human relations, of being with people. That's why a breakdown can be the gateway to breakthrough. In fact, it's the most reliable gateway to breakthrough if you allow yourself to use it that way. Questions, concerns, what's coming up? Oh, I see, uh, I see Robert Arthur Crane and John, hello, John Wilson, John Williams. Hello, John, good to see you on Facebook. 
and Howard Ross. Honored to have you with me, John. Uh, Howard, expert on diversity, and uh, Phil Kreutzer. Good to see you, Phil. And uh, we'll be videoing this and uh, working with it. Phil's a great video uh, production and publisher. All right, so uh, I, I glance at Facebook occasionally. I encourage you to move over to Zoom if you want to interact. But uh, if I see a comment on Facebook, I'll address it. Uh, any questions, concerns, puzzlement about this whole idea of breakdown so far? No, I'm good. All right. So I'll, I'll give you another example to drive it home. I was working with someone coaching someone years ago, uh, and she said, I apologize for being late to the call because my dog had a breakdown. I said, no, your dog didn't have a breakdown. She said, yeah, he really did. Yeah, he was writhing, and I won't get into all the symptoms. I'll activate the, the, the pet people on here. But she described some pretty urgent symptoms for the dog that she wanted to address and deal with uh, rather than jump right on her coaching call, which is fine. But what it took me a while to get through the, uh, the upset with her and make clear is dogs don't have breakdowns because dogs don't have language. Breakdowns exist in language. They only come into existence by declaration. A human being or some other user of language, I don't know of any others, uh, a, human, a user of language to say, this is a breakdown for me in these circumstances. There's something about the invisibility of the way things operate that I'm going to look at now. So a sick dog can be a breakdown for the owner. This is something to be dealt with, something to be coped with, something to work on. But only if the owner declares it. I mean, someone else may look at the dog and say, well, those symptoms are not going to bother me right now. I'm going to go to my call or do whatever else. Could be right, wrong, and different, but it's based on that person's values, worldview, and willingness to get through and investigate. Now, of course, there's that third option of saying, oh, no, my dog is suffering. I'm going to suffer. Uh, I'm not going to really do anything about it. I'm not going to learn anything. We're just all going to experience the, the pain. And sometimes there's, a, there's, a, there's room for that. Um, but once the human declares it a breakdown, then you begin to investigate. You may increase your facility, not dealing with just with this incident, but with other incidents that come up. Like the next time a water pump fails, next time we're low on gas, the next time someone laughs at us when we're expecting a, a more uh, productive response. And as we learn these things, then we get more access to breakthrough. Now, if you're able to, to tolerate without getting uh, too diverted into your own emotional memory on the dog issue, I'll give you one that sometimes is more likely to activate people. I had a client on the line. She was very upset. It's one of those days where just things just couldn't get going. There was always some breakdown. Uh, and the latest one was, I have to go pick up my son at school. And it was just the last straw, it seemed. She was on the edge of despair. I have to go pick up my son at school instead of running her business. And I said, no, you don't have to. She said, oh, yeah, I, I do. He, he, he's sick and uh, he has to get home. I said, I'm sure that's true. You don't have to. You can choose to. You know, there are people who don't or couldn't. You know, there are people overseas. There are people in jobs they would lose if they walked out of. There's a lot of ways a mother could not pick up a child with this set of facts. But if you say, well, this is a breakdown. This is not the way my day was intended to go. I expected this, I did expect this phone call to happen from the school. 
Phone call maybe should have gone to a sitter or a relative. Whatever, something broke down. Let's look into the system and say, based on my values, what's the appropriate response, given that things didn't go the way I wanted them to? Well, she very quickly got to her value is that her children be cared for and that she participate in their most important moments. And then it was no longer an upset. It wasn't something in the way of her day. It was the way she could be who she wanted to be. She had business. She had choices. She didn't have to be there. She didn't have to explain it to anybody. She could just say, this other thing I was going to get done, not going to get done because I'm going to take care of my son today, make sure he has the experience of being cared for and with his mother. As a choice, it was something that she could do with more energy and freedom than as another burden, something that's wrong, something that shouldn't be. So that's the continual choice that I'm encouraging everyone to take on. Something happens that's unwelcome, unexpected. We can treat it the usual way, my usual way of it shouldn't be this way, it's wrong, and just sink, giving up all of our power, proving that we don't have any power. Or we can say, this is interesting. That's not what I expected. That's not what I wanted. What's going on here? How does this operate? What are the rules here? What are my values? How can I express my values given what I've just learned about this new set of circumstances? And that's where the breakthroughs come from. What we're breaking through is the rote, routine way of being that we all live most of the time. That's okay. I mean, you can't come down to the kitchen every morning and start running analyses of what's poison and what's food. I mean, you use some routines. You expect that box to have uh, the cereal in it every time. Uh, <laughs> You shake it out and there's some mealyworms, that's a breakdown. You want to deal with that. They just start storing your stuff in plastic containers. I don't know. But, you know, we're going to go through routine. We're going to base our lives, on, our actions on our assumptions most of the time. But there's always that opportunity when something breaks down, this veil of invisibility that so much of our lives is covered with breaks down and we can suddenly say, oh, what is it with this pen? that we have an opportunity to break through the whole nother way of being. I'll give one more, perhaps most powerful example from my own life. This came to me when someone said, what's the biggest change in your life since you began getting coached, having coaches work with you? And I said, the biggest difference I've noticed is that most of the conversations I used to have in my head where the person I was thinking about talking with could only respond in a way I expected them to. See, there's no chance for breakdown there because breakdown requires something surprising, something unanticipated, something that's not following the rules we thought the world operated by. Well, inside my head, that's all the other people can do is what I expect, what I anticipate. So the biggest shift was taking those conversations from here and having them out there in the world actually talk to the person say, you know, I was thinking this and I'm wondering how you would respond to that. You know, it's a certain level of confidence. Once I realize I can't control the world, then what's left for me is a possibility of having confidence that I can respond to the world. So I'll engage in this conversation. They'll say something like what I expected. Okay, good. My world model is working. Keep moving or they say something I didn't expect or welcome. 
or want in any way or even understand, wow, something just pulled away the veil of, inv of invisibility. I'm now looking at this. This is another person who's responding to me in a dynamic, unexpected way. Well, golly, that's what people are for. Yeah. If we, if things that respond in a, in a rote, routine manner, that's not really all that human. Yeah. Yeah. Although we use that occasionally. So now we can have a breakthrough. We can relate to a person in a new way. We can learn their values, what matters to them. Or with groups. You know, we make an announcement. So many times my clients will make an announcement to their company and be shocked at the response. There was one company in particular. They were experts. They were masters at allocating budget, expending funds on things they thought would motivate and make their employees feel rewarded and having employees think, why are they manipulating us like this? Why are they wasting money on this crap? And they just did it over and over, but they never declared a breakdown. It was just these employees. I mean, you just, you just can't please them. We'll keep trying stuff because we know this is good stuff, but they're not responding appropriately. Yeah, how much of our life is explained by people just don't get it. <laughs> if they responded appropriately, all my offers would be accepted beautifully. Yeah. Or you can step back and say, well, that's not what I expected. What can I learn? How can I adjust myself? The next time, next Tuesday, I'm gonna go into some detail. I've got a handout that describes uh, exactly how all, all of this operates so you could have more of a cookbook approach to it. But for now, uh, I'm encouraging everyone to uh, re respond to this as, uh, you know, in a more a broad sense. The idea being, I'm trying to get to another thing there. Here we go, I'm gonna share my screen if I can. Yeah, there's a little teaser uh, for next time. There it is. Uh, cool. So that uh, when something unexpected, unwelcome, happens, you can just pull this out. Say, well, if it's a problem, I would handle it this way. Problem being something's wrong, they should not be. But if it's a breakdown, there's something to learn and there are other actions I can take. So we'll be digging uh, further into that and I hope applying it to very real world examples uh, in our lives. Now let me take a quick look over at Facebook, see if it's got anything to say over there. All right, I've got no comments there, but if the same folks still listening. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And Jane, anything you want to say to apply this, question it, get a little more illumination on the topic of uh, declarations and breakdowns? I really like how you, you've, um, you worded it as honoring, honoring your declaration. So you're making the declaration, now you're putting it into action. I, I like that, that, that wording for that. It really hit home for me. Great. Uh, and I, I should uh, finish up by saying, you know, honoring one's word, uh, declaring a breakdown, uh, the veil of invisibility. This is all the work of many, many other people. I don't know that I have said an original word today except my personal examples. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all deep in 20th century philosophy and the people who developed executive coaching as we know it today. Cool. But I hope you use it. And the yeah. brief version of today is when something happens, that you don't want or expect, you have a choice of stepping back and saying, I'm gonna call this a breakdown and investigate rather than declare a problem and resist. Cool. That's all for now. Thanks okay. for being with Thank me. Thank you. Cheers. Bye.
We hope you enjoyed this podcast. More coaching like this is available at tonymayo.com. That URL is T-O-N-Y-M-A-Y-O.com. We appreciate your comments, suggestions for future topics, and most of all, stories of how you applied the coaching. Our email address is podcast at mayogenuine.com. This podcast is the property of executive coach Tony Mayo, all rights reserved worldwide. <laughs>